Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. We gather as a diverse and inclusive spiritual community that seeks to inspire love, work for justice, and grow in community. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Whomever you love, we welcome you. May this be a place where you can be your fullest and most authentic self. Please join Reverend Stephen after second service today in Fessenden Hall for a discussion of today's sermon and our Soul Matters theme of belonging. All are welcome. And now we have a very special guest to make a special announcement. I have a song for you. (laughs) Believe it or not, it's auction time soon. It's time to think of the ways to contribute. Dinner and art and yard cleanup too. There's plenty of ways to choose. Believe it or not, we need you. <laughs> Buy a ticket, one or two. Dinner's amazing, free childcare too. Want to donate, what to do? Ask the auction super team for clues. Look out, here comes the auction now. Na 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 auction! Our annual Thanks for Giving auction is Saturday, December 7th at 6 p.m. at the Kent United Church of Christ. Tickets are $20 per person and dinner and child care are included. We are currently seeking donations for goods and services for our silent and live auction. Next to our annual pledge drive, this night is our single biggest fundraiser for our operating budget. Our theme this year is We Are Superheroes. Capes are optional, but your participation is not. See us at the auction table downstairs for more info. I gotta go. You may have heard of the pastor, Rick Warren. He built up Saddleback Church in California, starting with seven members meeting in his home into a mega church with thousands of members. I think it's safe to say that Pastor Warren knows a thing or two about how to build church communities. He says, everywhere you look, there are signs that people are hungering for fellowship, community, and family. He says, when people are looking for a church home, they are most often seeking acceptance, friendship, and the chance to feel valued for the contributions. They want to feel like they belong. How can you create a sense of belonging and help people feel connected to a church community? In this church, we have about 200 adult members. And if you don't know everybody here, that would be typical because in churches in our size, most people know on average about 67 other church members. Yet there are still opportunities to know others and be known, to feel a sense of belonging through participation in small groups. When we are part of a small group who meet together regularly, we have a chance to get to know others at church beyond a surface level. We have natural groups who can look out for and care one another, care for one another, and it helps us feel like we belong. There are many places at church where we can experience the magic and power of small groups. One of my earliest experiences at this church, getting to know others, was when I joined a covenant group for parents of young children. 
We met monthly for over two years, and that group was a wonderful source of fellowship and support. Musicians can join the choir or sacred song circle. Many church communities that do the work of the church meet regularly over long periods of time and provide a way to get to know others at church. The Capital Campaign Committee may not sound like the place to look for fellowship, but after serving on that committee for over two years, I got to know the people I worked with at a much deeper level. Fellowship can be found in surprising places like the Service Auction Committee, the Annual Canvas Team, the Membership Committee, or by serving on the board. How do we find a sense of belonging at church? How can we work together to create beloved community? Come, let us enter worship as we explore these questions together. The decision to join a congregation is one of life's most powerful moments because it affirms a willingness to make a deeper commitment to spiritual growth and a recognition that we are only fully human in community. We rejoice today because some among us have chosen to make a deeper commitment to this spiritual community by becoming members. Each new member we now welcome has taken the time and care to learn about Unitarian Universalism and this congregation. Each person has affirmed our values and our principles and said yes to the call of our mission to serve one another and the world. Each person whose commitment we recognize and celebrate today also understands that our faith is a lifetime search for truth and meaning and that joining this congregation affirms a willingness to continue to grow as people both emotionally and spiritually. We are not asked to profess our beliefs in order to be welcomed into the circle of love. Unitarian Universalism is non-creedal. It's a free faith. In the absence of doctrine, dogma, or creed, though, something must hold us together. That something is covenant, a mutual promise we make and remake to walk together toward the lives we seek to lead. So today's ceremony is not just about new members. As we welcome these new members and those who have chosen to join us, all of us remember, we recovenant, we renew our commitment to one another to continue our shared spiritual journey with courage and joy, offering one another care and hope. In making these promises with our new members and renewing them with one another, today is a joyful and powerful moment for all of us as we continue to become the community of memory and hope we aspire to be. I invite our congregation's moderator, Jennifer May, to join me. As moderator of the Board of Trustees of this congregation, it is my pleasure to formally welcome our newest members. As your names are called, please come forward to sign the membership book. Brooke Horvath, Ginny Horvath, Nora Vesley. Brooke, Ginny, Nora, and Carol, in the presence of those gathered here, I now ask you to state your intentions. Will you walk together with us in a covenant of mutual care and love? Help us be a welcoming and inclusive community and share in the joys and the responsibilities of membership? If so, please say we will. Will each one of you join us joyfully and as fully as you're able in our shared ministry of serving others in the world as we seek to inspire love, seek justice and grow in community? If so, please say we will. 
Will the adult members and friends of the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent please rise in spirit and in body as you're able to covenant with our new members and re-covenant with one another. Members and friends of this congregation, will you joyfully welcome these persons into our congregation, invite them into our shared ministries, be open to their unique gifts and wisdom, and walk with them and each other in friendship, respect, and love. Please say, we will. We will. Do you renew your promise to walk together with one another in mutual care and love, to do the work of being in right relationship, to help us to be a welcoming and inclusive community, and to participate in our shared ministry to one another and to the world as fully as you are able? If so, please say, we do. We do. Now, members and friends of the congregation, please join me in welcoming these new members by saying, Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. The congregation may be seated. Now, we will offer each of our new members a certificate of membership, a rose of welcome and friendship, and the gift of a book about Unitarian Universalism. Please greet and welcome our new members after this service. And let's give them a good old-fashioned Ohio and UUCK welcome.
As a child, I attended the UU Fellowship in Oberlin. So when I first stepped foot inside this church 28 years ago, I knew on an intellectual level that I belong here. But to truly feel that sense of belonging required more than simply walking through the church doors. My path to belonging in the UU Church of Kent was forged through many modes of church involvement. I taught RE for several years when my daughters were enrolled. I jumped on the Hogwarts Express and taught potions class as Professor Mixenpoof during the first few years of the Hogwarts program. When Sunday soccer games usurped RE for my daughters, I found my way into various leadership positions, including service on the Finance Committee, the Committee on Ministry, and the Board of Trustees, with one year as moderator. These opportunities deepened my understanding of the workings of the church, allowed me to work in small groups with shared goals, and gave me a sense of mattering. I grew to feel as though I belonged to this church, and also that this church belongs to me. But my deepest sense of belonging has come from small group experiences that touch my spirit. There are two in particular that keep my heart tethered to the UU Church of Kent, Celtic clan and small group ministry. One Sunday, about 25 years ago, my then seven-year-old daughter, Jenna, and I performed a musical duet, Jenna on piano, me on violin, during the church service. Afterwards, Trish McLaughlin approached me and asked if I might be interested in joining a small ensemble to play Celtic music. Thus was born the Celtic clan. Over the years, the group has forged shared bonds of friendship and music making. We play at senior care facilities, at fundraisers for the Kent Lions Club and the Hiram Farm, among others, and for church members in need of solace. I find it incredibly soul-affirming to join with others to perform music that soothes people facing dementia, illness, or end of life, and that supports community celebration and philanthropic fundraising. Also meaningful has been my participation in small group ministry. Since 2014, this has taken the form of a couple's chalice group, now to be called a covenant group, I understand. <laughs> Six couples have met monthly in one another's homes for camaraderie and conversation. The format of the sessions has ensured that each of us has been listened to and heard, and the monthly topics of discussion have opened the doors to my soul. We've had deep conversations about topics such as trust, integrity, mystery, faith, and grace. We've supported one another through a variety of life transitions, some sorrowful and some joyful and have shared heartbreak over the deaths of Jean and Cheryl. I'm grateful for the bonds of trust, understanding, and caring within that group. And I'm grateful for the enduring sense of belonging that I have found at this church. Every human heart is full of longing. You long to be happy, to live a meaningful and honest life, to find love, and to be able to open your heart to someone. You long to discover who you are and to learn how to heal your own suffering and become free and compassionate. We long to belong because we feel the lonesomeness of being individuals. Deep within us, we long to come in from separation and be at home again in the embrace of a larger belonging. Our hunger to belong is the longing to find a bridge across the distance from isolation to intimacy. 
The arduous task of being a human is to balance longing and belonging so that they work with and against each other to ensure that all the potential and gifts that sleep in the clay of the heart may be awakened and realized in this one life. Each of us brings something alive in the world that no one else can. When your life awakens and you begin to sense the destiny that brought you here, you endeavor to live a life that is generous and worthy of the blessing and invitation that is always calling you. In the spring of 1996, my partner at the time and I had just moved to a small town in Southern Oregon to start a business. We'd left our friends and social circle we'd had in Portland behind, and we found ourselves both longing for community, so we decided to go to church. I'd been raised Roman Catholic and was still something of an Episcopalian who no longer believed the theology but loved the music and the liturgy. He was Jewish, so we wanted a church where we'd both be comfortable and would be welcome as a gay couple. When he suggested the local Unitarian Universalist congregation, I was open to trying it, even though I'd never heard of Unitarian Universalism. At the time, I was a bit suspicious. Those ten syllables sounded like some sort of New Age cult. After what was a fairly typical Protestant worship service, although lighting the chalice was a new ritual I'd never seen, I didn't hear the word God a single time, and it was clear we were expected to think for ourselves this was no cult. I greeted the minister afterwards. I let her know that I was a first-time visitor that morning and a fallen Episcopalian with strong pagan tendencies. She replied, our service was weird, wasn't it? She escorted my partner and me to coffee hour and introduced us around. We were warmly welcomed by people who wanted to know who we were and how we'd found the church and what we thought about religion and politics and sex and the best restaurants in town. That morning, our longing was answered and soon that UU church was our spiritual home where we knew we belonged. Were you looking for a place to belong the first time you came to a UU church, perhaps this church? If you're here for the first time today, what is your heart longing for? In the reading, John O'Donohue says, we long to belong because we feel the lonesomeness of being individuals. Deep within us, we long to come in from separation and be at home again in the embrace of a larger belonging. Our hunger to belong is the longing to find a bridge across the distance from isolation to intimacy. In this longing to belong, we create communities in our lives, our circles of family and friends, collegial relationships, groups for special interests and leisure activities, and this community with its unique purpose, a place where, as my colleague Judith Fridiani says, we make meaning of life and discover how to live lives that are meaningful a spiritual home where we can experience intimacy, being known for who we really are, and ultimacy, knowing what is worthy of our reverence and our deepest loyalty. A workshop of the heart where we can learn to be our best selves and be challenged to take that best self out into the world. A place where every one of our stories takes its rightful place along with the stories of those people through the ages who are exemplars leaders, teachers, prophets, and heroes. 
One of those leaders, prophets, and heroes is Martin Luther King Jr. His dream was one of the great timeless dreams of humanity, the creation of a perfect community where longing and belonging are in perfect balance, a world of justice, equality, mutual care, and creativity. He referred to his dream as the beloved community, which a term coined by American philosopher and theologian Josiah Royce. In the early 20th century, Royce discovered and described a process for the beloved community that begins by creating a community with certain characteristics. Royce wrote, a community constituted by the fact that each of its members accepts as part of their own individual life and self the same past events that each of their fellow members accepts is called a community of memory. And a community of the fact that each of its members accepts as part of their own individual life and self the same expected future events that each of their fellows accepts is a community of hope. Then each of us learns to say, this beloved past and future life by virtue of the ideal extension is my own life. Then, Royce says, finding that our companions have and love this past and future in common with us, we learn further to say, in this respect, we are all one loving and beloved community which is capable of achieving the highest good as well as the common good. But Royce's vision of beloved community was incomplete. It was Dr. King who, as a student of Royce, provided the missing piece. The beloved community depends on shared acceptance of a wholesome object, a healing purpose or cause, mission, and vision, something that guides the process of community safely to its highest end and result. At a victory rally following the U.S. Supreme Court decision to desegregate the seats on public buses in Montgomery, Alabama, Dr. King expressed the purpose he sought. He said, The end is reconciliation. The end is redemption. The end is the creation of the beloved community. It is this type of spirit and this type of love that can transform enemies into friends. It is this type of understanding goodwill that will transform the deep gloom of the old age into the exuberant gladness of the new age. It is this love which will bring about miracles in the hearts of humankind. To further expand this, my colleague, Reverend Phil Lund, spells out the principles at the heart of Dr. King's concept of beloved community. The interrelatedness of all things, the solidarity of the human family, the equal moral status of the individual and the community. Some of these principles should sound familiar because they echo our Unitarian Universalist principles, including the first principle, the inherent worth and dignity of every person. The second principle, which calls for justice, equity and compassion in human relationships. The sixth principle, which holds before us the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. And the seventh principle, which affirms the interconnectedness of all existence of which we are each a part. There is one more principle, which Reverend Lund mentions. The realization that each of us lives eternally in spiritual debt a debt incurred by our belonging, a debt to be paid forward by offering others the same opportunity to belong that we've been given, a debt we pay each time we ask, who is sitting outside our circle that needs to be invited in? 
or when we sing together, whoever you are, we welcome you. And we live out those words by making space for everyone who comes through our doors longing to belong. To offer people the opportunity to belong is to honor our universalist heritage. Universalism arose in this country in the late 1700s as a response to the cynical Calvinism of the Puritans who believed in a God that had chosen before time those who would go to heaven while the rest of humanity burned in hell for eternity. Shaped by the optimism of the Enlightenment and using reason in reading the Bible, universalism boldly proclaimed that God loved all of God's children and everyone would go to heaven. This congregation was founded in 1866 to proclaim this radical message of a love so large that no one is excluded. We don't have pictures of this building from its earliest years, but it is possible that like many other universalist churches, the words God is love appeared on a wall or above a door. This love is still the heart of our Unitarian Universalist theology. While its focus has shifted from the next life to this life, one thing has not changed. The truth that we are all held in the arms of a love so large that no one is left out. I'm as cynical as the next person in these difficult times. I fear for our future. I worry about our world, our fragile planet. And yet, I trust in this love and its capacity to bring healing, to show us how to heal ourselves and our world. And our response to this love that has welcomed us and offered us belonging is to do the most radical thing we can do, welcome others. New members, it is fitting that we welcome you today as we reflect on belonging that our circle grows wider as you accept our invitation to be part of this community, to share your longings, your dreams, your gifts, your struggles, and your hopes with us, and open your hearts to us that we might do the same. There is one thing left to do to complete the ceremony of welcome. I have a charge for you. Nora, Carol, Brooke, and Jenny, becoming a member of this church is a powerful and transforming event in your lives, but it is only the beginning I charge you to seek and discover through your spiritual practices the ultimacy that is your source of strength and hope, the heart of life itself, the holy that we each understand in our own way. I charge you to respond to your relationship with the eternal by sharing your unique gifts and joining in our shared ministry. Each of us has a vital role to play in the life and work of this congregation as we serve one another in the world. And finally... As you have been welcomed and given the gift of belonging, I charge you to pay that welcome forward. Welcome others. Offer them the gift of belonging. Continue to make our circle of love and inclusion wider for those yet to come. This charge is actually for all of us this morning. It is an invitation to defy the forces that would alienate us from ourselves and from one another, to resist the fear and intolerance that divide our country and our world, to continue to be that community of memory with a shared history that is grounded in our Unitarian Universalist theology of love and of belonging in the great interconnected fabric of life, to be a community of hope with a shared vision of what still could be, 
a beloved community where love transforms us, and we in turn help move the world even a small amount toward peace and justice, equality and freedom for all people. May it be so, and guided by that love that sustains and embraces all of us together, may we make it so. Let's enter a few moments of reflection. We give to remind ourselves how many gifts we have to offer. We give to remember that we are part of something bigger than ourselves, something that offers us belonging. We give because we believe in music, love, beauty, and this sacred space where we can all belong. We give with the faith that together we have enough. This congregation, the UU Church of Kent, thrives because each of you believe in music, love, beauty, and sacred space, and you so generously give of your time your talents and gifts, and your financial resources. Thank thank you. Our home is the love that sustains us. Do you know what I mean when I say love? Do you know what I mean when I say love? Our home is the beauty between us. Do you know what I mean when I say beauty? You know what I mean when I say beauty. It's our time of living here in the house of memory and hope. She's seen us through the changes in the timelessness of ages. We rest in the living here. We rest in the loving here. We rest in the being here. Our home is the peace that defines us. Do you know what I mean when I say peace? Do you know what I mean when I say peace? Our home is the God that delights us. Do you know what I mean when I say God? Do you know what I mean when I say God? It's our time of living here in the house of memory and hope. She's seen us through the changes in the timelessness of ages. We rest in the living here. We rest in the loving here. We rest in the being here. Our home is the moment we gather, we gather. Our home is the moment we gather, we gather. Do you know what I mean when I say home? Do you know what I mean when I say come home? It's our time of living here in the house of memory and hope. She's seen us through the changes in the timelessness of ages. We rest in the living here. 
rest in the loving here. We rest in the being here. This is a blessing titled For Belonging from John O'Donohue. May you listen to your longing to be free. May the frames of your belonging be generous enough for your dreams. May you arise each day with a voice of blessing whispering in your heart. May you find harmony between your soul and your life. May you know the eternal longing that lives at the heart of time. May you allow the wild beauty of the invisible world to gather you, mind you, and embrace you in belonging. And now, trusting in the love that sustains and embraces all of us, and renewed in our commitment to be a house where all are truly welcome, let us go forth in peace and joy to inspire love, seek justice, and grow in community. May it be so. Blessed be. Amen and namaste.